0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This is hit well in a center field.
0: That one's carrying out at center.
1: It's out of here. Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run. At the plate is Mike Trout. The pitch on its way. It's blasted out to dead center field. Out of here. Ball gets away. He's going to break for the plate. Ball game is over. The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning.
0: This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host,
1: Trent Rush. Hot stove edition of the Angels Recap Podcast, show number one for this offseason. Glad you are with us for that. Uh, Welcome to the program an exciting show we have for you all off season long. We're getting this going early this year. I don't know how many people had a chance to check out the radio show on AM 830 we do this both as a radio show and as a podcast here. Lots of great stuff always. Last season we started things in January to talk about the Angels leading into the start of spring training to get you going there. But this is one of those years because I really believe this is going to be one of the most important off-seasons in the history of this franchise that you need to hear about everything from the start, and we are going to be with you every step of the way. We got Brad Ausmus, now as the skipper for the Halos, so that has been settled, and now we get a chance to kind of get into everything that's going to be going on this off-season. I do want you guys to know, you can see the live Halos Hot Stove show that's going to be live on Angels Radio AM 830 coming up on November 13th at the Pechanga Resort in we're going to be at Kelsey's Sports Bar and Grill having a great time, so come on by Kelsey's at Pachanga in Temecula. It's going to be an absolute blast. Looking forward to seeing everybody out at that. It's going to be lots of fun. I am working on getting some really cool guests for that. I don't want to say it just 100% yet because I don't want to you know, lead you the wrong way, but... It's going to be really a fun night, and I hope that you guys get a chance to be out there for that. Of course, you can listen to this show, uh, whether it be during the week, we kind of bounce around at times on the radio, or on Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, on AM 830. It's the home of Angels baseball. Really encourage you to check out the radio station. There's always great content on AM 830 uh, year-round. It's not just an Angels season-only kind of thing. Uh, It's year-round, home of Ducks hockey, home of UC Irvine basketball, Notre Dame football. Uh, as well as a lot of great ESPN shows, not to mention the Sports Lodge each and every afternoon uh, from 3 to 7. So you can check out that on AM 830. As for this podcast, I don't want to take up any more of your time because we had a great conversation with with Angels closer Keenan Middleton. We get into a lot of really interesting stuff. He came by the studio, had a chance to chat with him uh, from everything from his hair to the time he spends with fans to his injury and dealing with Tommy Johns and how he's going to be able to come back for that. So here now is my conversation with Angels reliever Keenan Middleton. You know what's cool about this is we got Keenan Middleton hanging out in the studio uh, right now. Angels closer, he is on the mend. He is getting better, getting healthier, and Keenan hanging out with us today. What's up, Key? How are you?
2: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here, man.
1: Dude, this is this is great. And I've always been somebody that's been a big fan of yours. Uh, I've always appreciated. Kind of the time that you spend with fans, too. You you must spend more time with fans uh, than anybody. Uh, I just want to know, like, when you got to the big league level, was that something that you thought, hey, I'm going to go spend time with these dudes that are coming out to see me play?
2: Well, yeah, for sure. Even when I was in the minor leagues, I mean, you could stop at any minor league affiliate that I played at, and they'll tell you I was the same person there, too. It, it doesn't matter where I'm at. I just like people. I'm a people person. Uh, if I can make kids smile, that's cool. Uh, if you can make kids smile, that makes their parents' day. So, I mean, everybody wins. And I'm playing baseball for a living. Uh, I, I don't try to make it more than it is. I'm out here. I'm just playing baseball. I'm just trying to be cool with these people. And that's all I'm trying to do.
1: I want to know where your love for baseball came from. Because being a guy, I see you posting hoops pictures all the time. I know you can play a little bit, too. Oh, yeah. uh, but when did you when did you fall in love with baseball?
2: Uh, I grew up playing uh, football, basketball, and baseball, all three sports. So I was just, I don't know, gifted athletically. Um and I don't know, I just, I don't just growing up and playing with my friends, playing any sport, just being with my friends and being around those people, that's how I made all my connections growing up was through sports. So most of the people that I know, I met through like baseball, basketball, and football. And so like a lot of my close friends, I played baseball with and stuff. So, I mean, that's how, that's why I stayed close to it because all my friends were there. Um, but then just as you get older and I really saw how gifted I was and how, I could, how I could be a really good pitcher someday. I was just like, you know what, if I just buy into this and I stopped playing basketball in college and decided to sign with the Angels, um, I just thought if I could do that and I could buy in, I could make make something out of baseball. And I think I did that and continue, continuing to do that.
1: You still tight with your guys?
2: Oh, yeah, all the time. I talk to them all the time. They uh, they actually came out here a lot Yeah. Uh, during during the season this year just because, you know, I, was, I wasn't playing. I was down a little bit. And, you know, my boys came out here. They flew out here and they hung out with me and kept my spirits up. It was pretty cool.
1: So what goes through their mind? I mean, do they They probably don't even tell you. But when they're out there and you're, you're seeing, look, this is my guy. I played a high school basketball or football or baseball. And I was better than Keenan Middleton back there when I was, you know, eight, you know 15 years old. Exactly. What's he doing in the major leagues now? I, what, what do you think it's like for them, man?
2: Uh, for my boys, I mean, they always knew that this is what I wanted to do, whether yeah. it be like go overseas and play basketball or stay here and play baseball. Um, they always knew this is what I wanted to do. So that now see, I talked about it for so long, and now that I'm here, it's just like they can sit there and tell people, like he said, he was going to do this all along. Yeah. Even like when I was in the minor leagues, I did not have a good minor league career my first three years. And I just kept taking lumps, kept taking the lumps. But I'm going back in the off season. I'm telling my friends, like, I'm really learning a lot, though. I'm, get, I'm yeah. getting whooped around, but I'm learning a lot. And then I came back in two th- thousand sixteen, got put moved into the bullpen, and I learned a whole bunch about myself then. And then they could just tell everybody what I was feeding into their ear the whole time because, like, I'm not a big circle person. I stay with my circle, my my close friends, and I just I don't tell anybody else really my business. And so they they know that about me, and that's what, that's the coolest part about that is that they've seen me talk about it, and now it's coming kind of reality.
1: I think you said something really interesting right there, Keith, That when you're in the minor leagues, things weren't going great, but you were able to say. Hey, it's okay. I'm learning. I'm getting better. That's tough perspective to have, especially when I, mean, I can't imagine when you were playing junior college in Oregon. That's being in a pro system and, and being a part of this. I know that's something that you envisioned and wanted to do, but to have really no experience and being thrown into a situation like that—that's like really big time perspective. Like, where's that come from?
2: I mean, just just the risk of getting drafted in, in general. Um, I mean, I, I never put a price on what it would take for me to get drafted. I played basketball and baseball as a freshman in college, and I told them it, they, it would have to be enough for me to walk away from that. So, I mean, for me, able to, for me to be able to keep uh, taking that, for me to be able to take that risk, I knew that I was going to have to take my lumps at some point. And in rookie ball, I, like the first game, my first pitch I threw, and you can look it up. First pitch I threw in a minor league game was a home run. Like I was <laughs> I was a starter and hung a curveball, and there it was. Like that was started my minor league career, and I was like, okay, here we here we go. I was pitching with a third base glove. I wasn't pitching with a pitcher's glove. Like I didn't know anything about baseball. I didn't. I truly didn't. Um, but I, I just thought, you know what? I'm going to learn the game. I'm going to learn how to take my l's, and I'm going to learn how to win too. So I mean, I just rolled with that.
1: So what happens when you're kind of out on a you know big time limb like this, and you're trying to learn how to play this game? You're learning baseball, and you are having those kind of struggles. Like, how do you stay above that? I honestly
2: just lived in the moment. I never worried about if I sit there and th- worried about all these bad things that could happen. If yeah. I worried about. I don't know, just blowing out even in the minor leagues like I did this year. I mean, then maybe it would have happened before. I don't know. I just I don't lead, feed into negative thoughts. I'm all positive thoughts and good vibes, Portland, Oregon.
1: I love Shout it. Shout out to and, Northwest. And that's why everyone loves you, Keith. That's why you're, you're like the most popular guy on the team. That's awesome. Okay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just try to keep the positive vibes, keep smiling on people's faces.
1: I was reading this about you, that when you were first starting, or actually when you were pitching in high school, you kind of got a late start in the baseball season because mm-hmm. you're so busy playing hoops. And I, I'm thinking about, you know, you mentioned you came up as a starter. And I know that's kind of your background, but making that role as a reliever, kind of getting you know one inning at a time when you first came back, right? So was that like your first taste of, of being a, a great relief pitcher?
2: Uh, I mean, I just... I really didn't even think about it. Even when like even when they first put me in the bullpen in 2016, they said, we're going to put you in the bullpen, but you could probably be a starter again. And I was just like, okay. I mean, Good. as long as I get the pitch and as long as I get my opportunity, and I wasn't getting at that time, as long as I wasn't staying at the same level and I was moving up and I was going to high instead sure. of low A, I didn't really care. I was like, I'm going to get my work in, and like as long as I'm climbing the ladder, I don't care where I get as long as I get to the, play with the Angels. so. I mean, I just I just wear it. Like I just take whatever thing they throw at me, I just wear it and but roll with
1: it. Not everyone could do that though. Like a lot of guys like you got to be a starter. Like yeah. that, that that's kind of a tough I feel that. Like your mentality is a little different yeah. than, than a lot of guys. Yeah. Like what I mean, do you, what do you think that is?
2: I don't know. It's because like even if you just watch the game, this is a great point. Like even if you just watch the game, like I would have loved to see haters start that Game 7 against the Dodgers. I mean, just because yeah. that's they don't want to see that guy. And so even if that's me one day where I if if the Angels are pitching in Game 7 and, and I have to go out there and a reliever has to start the game for three innings, I'll do it. I don't care. Like, I just like, and that's the versatility that I showed in the minor leagues and yeah. I feel like if they wanted to throw me in that situation, they could be comfortable doing that.
1: The Angels folks listen to this right now. They're probably loving that. <laughs> I'm sure you've expressed <laughs> I so. that. I'm I mean, sure you expressed yeah. that too.
2: I mean, these people, like I've said it from the beginning, these people drafted me when I literally didn't know even how to throw baseball and so and then they made me into what I am now. So I dedicate my career and everything to them i mean these people are great i love this organization
1: what's billy like from <laughs> your from your perspective i know hey, billy but i want to know your perspective my perspective the only story
2: i tell my friends about billy epler is one day i mean he's a cool dude every single time you walk by him you, you, he talks to you he says yeah. what's up but one day i walked into i walked into the clubhouse and i'm about to go in my do my workout and i walked around the corner and i listen i hear the song um clout Okay. Plan by Twenty One Savage and uh, Ty Dolla Sign I think, and I walk in the weight room and there's nobody in there and I was like what who's in here and it was Billy like he was off in the corner working out and I was just like this dude's sitting here listening to something I have he's like listening to my same playlist and I was like okay so Billy's for the culture and I was just joking around you know what I'm saying like I don't, I don't know like I just think he's a cool dude man he's he's a players
1: guy. Um, we all love him. That's all I can really say. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a Keenan Middleton culture too. I'm glad you said that because <laughs> I mean I see it on Twitter and I see fans and it's this kind of this this younger wave of fan is kind of really people connect with you. I mean, 25 years old playing at this level, you came up 23 year old when you got your first save and big league baseball. But uh, what do you think drives so many young people maybe to you and trying to bring more younger fans into this game?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I do have a lot of younger fans, and I don't know. I just like I have. I feel like I have a good head on my shoulders, but I I like to say what I feel. And sure. I, yeah, and like so, I say what I what I feel, and a lot of people don't do that. But it's not an easy thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of people get offended by it. But that's just me, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. If you know me, if anybody, if anybody, if you ask anybody about me, I'm. I love everybody. So it's just like I say things. And I don't know if some people connect with it. And then a lot of people tell me like, I love your social media because you actually say the things that like that other people won't say. And I was like, okay, yeah, then I love that. And I'm goofy and like all this other stuff. And everybody always wants to act professional. And like, that's not me. It's like, I'm just a regular person.
1: I think people forget that too. And I I mean, I'll be honest. It's easy when like you're trying I got for me as a reporter, I'm in there, I'm trying to do my thing and you know, you're trying to get everybody's respect and whatnot. So like that, that's always a part of it. But the other day, a baseball clubhouse mm-hmm. right you're just having i mean a lot of good dudes and people who just want to have fun conversations i mean I, you see that like your hair is a perfect example <laughs> of that like like seriously uh, and, and, exactly. and it's how exactly. people notice you so like for you what what made you decide all right we're, we're, we're dying it we're going red here
2: i don't know i was growing my dreads out uh i started them last year and i was just like you know what i'm gonna do something crazy like i'm, I'm just gonna I'm going to do a different color. Everybody always does the blonde tips, you know, like the gold tips. And I was like, you know what? We're about to make this opening day roster, and we're about to come out with a bang with with, with red tips. And then I did it. And, you know, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people do like it, but I don't care. My mom likes it. My daughter likes (laughs) it. So I don't care. Um, But I loved it. And you know what? Like some of the teammates, like I walked in, and they were just like, Okay, but they yeah. know me, so they're just like, Okay, key being key, you know. Sure. Like, so I mean like they, they accept me for that. I don't know. That's just that's just me. Well, if you, you if you saw me do that, you're just like, Okay, there's key. Being key again. Like See, you know, but I stuck. feel
1: like you might I don't know. I mean, you're different. I'd say <laughs> but a lot of guys they would not do that their first year. Like when you're a rookie <laughs> coming up, you have to have a statement like that. You don't know, you know what I'm saying? I feel I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean
2: I don't know. I just like I just feel like, I mean, it's never even really like that, like, as far as, like, rookies and stuff, like, uh, around here they everybody makes you feel so comfortable yeah. it's just, like, I never even really thought of being a rookie, like, my first spring I went to our team golfing event mm-hmm. and, like, Trouty and G. Rich and Cole and all of them were golfing in one group, and I'm just with a bunch of my only guys, and they rolled up on our group, and I just wasn't saying anything, and then, like, they came up to me, and they were just, like, talking to me, being cool and it was just, like, chopping it up with me, and I was, like all right, this is supposed to be normal. I'm acting weird. I just, uh, you know, what? Should I just make myself comfortable? Ever since after that moment, and that's that's what I try to do—just make myself comfortable.
1: How much of that comes from Trouty? I mean, he's
2: the man. I mean, if you, he's just like, he is like high him some like in some ways. Like sure. he's very playful, and like, this game is easy for him. He's—I mean, obviously he works hard, but this game is easy for him. He's the best to ever play, I think. Um, yeah. And just to see his personality, how he carries himself. That makes that I mean somebody like me feeds off of that and like he's just fun going it's just like about the game and about winning and about his teammates and i'm that's all I'm for too
1: Like I, you just I can sense it like when I'm in there and it's not just trout but yeah. the last few years like i go I'll go on the radio and I'll say man there's something different about this group I, I cover a lot of teams in Southern California uh, I've been in a lot of clubhouses. There's always been something different, I feel like, with yeah. this Angels clubhouse. And it, it just feels like there is – I've never been able to kind of put my finger on where that's coming from. But I, I do feel like 27's got a, a big part in that.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, when you have a guy like him and then you have like guys like AP that have been around yeah. for a while too and, and they know the ins and outs of the game, you have those guys as your leaders and those are the guys we look to in the clubhouse to be like, all right, things got to – they control things, you know? And so I don't know. Just having those two around, it's it's huge, and it's the culture of the Angels and how we are a family is yeah. just through those guys' eyes. Like that's that's how we roll. Who do you look up to? I mean, the most out of my. I mean, if I were to be honest, of anybody that I looked up to that's been my teammate so far is probably Cameron Rabin. Uh, yeah. He's by far my favorite. He's a great guy too. He just, yeah, he took me under his wing as a rookie. Like I remember just walking through the parking lot my first spring last year, and he came up to me and just said, "Hey, Rook, let's hang out today. I'm gonna send you my address, get my number, and we'll just hang out." He ordered oregano to his house. We hung out. We just talked, and he asked me about myself. Like, this is Cameron Maven, the veteran. He just invited me over to his house just to ask me about my story, like where I came from and stuff. So I mean, something like that. And obviously, our relationship grew from there. But, I mean, I, I mean, like, me and him talk every single day, and I respect that dude more than I respect anybody else.
1: I'm sure you've had a lot of these moments being in pro baseball. Mm-hmm. It is a business. Yeah. 100%. Cameron Maynard gets traded that year. I mean, for him it works out okay. He goes and wins a <laughs> World Series right now. <laughs> yeah, right, so so he's, cool. he, he's doing okay, yeah. but, I mean, that's got to be tough. Like, this is a guy that you had just gotten to know probably in like, you know, late February, yeah. spent a time with, and now by August – He's playing for a different team, and this is kind of your dude in the clubhouse. Yeah. What was what was that like?
2: I mean, that was my first taste of it. Like you said, that was my first taste of one of my friends just being gone. I mean, I got on the bus that day, and he just wasn't there. And then I read it like half an hour later, and I was like, wow. Like, he's just yeah. – He's gone. But, I mean, they're in a, uh, they're in our division. Me and him were close enough we were going to talk all the time. Sure. I wasn't bugged by that. But by losing a teammate, I was like, oh, who are we going to get next? And then we got up. And I was like, okay, we're good. We got up. <laughs> like, and I met up that day, and me and up have been cool ever since. So, I mean, it's a business, like you said. I mean, but those are the type of friendships. Like, he was my teammate. Now we're friends. Like.
1: I think people have a really hard time understanding like the human side of yeah, baseball. For sure, you know what I mean, and, and yeah. like, that's that's a part of it. And having those relationships, and people talk like chemistry exactly. all the time, and like they throw words out, but I think it's kind of hard to understand for sure. exactly like what those relationships are like.
2: Hundred percent, it's like you just click with certain people. I mean, you're not not everybody's for everybody, you know. Sure, I, I'm not for everybody. I know that for <laughs> sure. I mean, but for for that guy to just call me out and just be like to reach out to me. I mean, I had from that day, like, I would do anything he says. Like, he's that's my guy. I know he's looking out for me. So, I mean, like, just guys like that, relationships like that, you don't get it anywhere else.
1: What's the best part about being a big leaguer?
2: <laughs> best part about being a big leaguer, I would have to say the hotel rooms. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nice. And, and maybe the travel. No, definitely the travel. Yeah. Travel, hands down. Because minor league travel. I'm sorry for all you minor leaguers out there. Just keep grinding, and you'll get through it. <laughs> you'll get through it. I mean, it's, it's terrible sometimes. So, I mean, our travel is super easy, and people are like, you guys like flying around the country? And I'm like, yes, because I would rather do that than drive around the
1: country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think people don't realize, like, sometimes when you're on the road, like, it's like it, you can breathe a little bit more. Oh it's, a lot, it's a lot easier on for the real, road. For yeah.
2: real. Really, like, you can walk out on the street, and not everybody knows who you yeah. are and stuff like that. It's like, you can actually go to lunch. Yeah, it's cool. It's
1: cool. <laughs> but let's talk about your injury for a second. And Mm -hmm. I know that you had worked so hard this past spring training. I remember we talked in Arizona (laughs) and you were working on a changeup and that Mm -hmm. was coming in. And then you go and you have a really good month of April and you're the Angels closer. And then you feel a little soreness. Okay, we don't know what to think about that. We see you pitch again, one more outing, and then that's it. From your perspective, kind of what went on there and what were your emotions at that time? Uh, to
2: be honest, I have never been, I've never been through, had an elbow problem at all, ever. I've I've never, I mean, I've had a few, like, little shoulder fatigues here and there, that's just from being tired and worn down, like, later in the season, other years, but I mean, I've never had anything in my elbow, so then when I started feeling it in my elbow, I was just like, ah, something's going on, so we shut it down, went on a 10-day DL, and then came back and was thrown again, I just, I saw my velo go down, and I was just like. I told Maldi, I was, actually, if you watch the, the film, Maldi comes out, and I threw two more pitches after I did it, and Maldi was pretty frustrated at me that I wouldn't come out of the game, but I just I just couldn't believe that it was real, just because, like, you were talking about, like, I really felt like I hit my stride going into this year, and I was just only going to get better. Like the, th- the st- I truly believed that at the start of the season, the stuff that I was doing was only going to get better. Like, yeah. I was just learning how to throw that change up to people in games, and like when I started doing it, it was really effective, and i don't know i'll get back to that for uh, for sure but i mean it was just shocking to me for sure i just never expected that to happen i came last year guns like guns blazing telling everybody i was going to be the closer and then everybody thought i was silly because i was just some young little rookie and then i finally came out and did it and then to get hurt it was just like it was shocking and then it just opens your eyes like i don't know i'm working harder than i've ever worked now to get back to be better than i was before
1: what is that work like because i think people like i see you and you're here and you're wearing a sweaty t-shirt your (laughs) towel because you just finished working out and getting ready to go right (laughs) sitting here in the studio and and you're here every single day Mm -hmm. you know getting ready for the season what like what goes in like what's your day like now as you're trying to get ready or what has the process been like to get to this point
2: I mean, the first the first few months, you just got to let it rest. You just got to let it heal after surgery. Um, and then after that, we started the strength phase. And everything started going great after that. I've had um, no speed bumps so far, like knock on wood. Um, yeah. But the strength phase, I mean, I feel like I'm, as far as my body, like I feel, I know my body better now. And my body, my legs are definitely stronger. My upper body is definitely getting there. Uh, with time, it will get there. But, I mean, I'm just here Nonstop. I moved right next door to the stadium. Most people know. Yeah. Uh, shout out to George. It's a great apartments. Um, I live over there, and I just some days I walk over here. Some days I just drive over here, and I'm literally only go from A to B. I, that's what I tell my friends all the time, and they came. Like I told you, my friends yeah. came here, and they were like, "What do you do?" And they came and they hung out with me, and they were just like, literally, you go to the field and you go home. That's all I do. And sometimes when I go home, I go to the gym at home.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there could be there. I mean, where we are. It's yeah. not like it's not like you're like in downtown L.A. where there are constant distractions, or New yeah. York all the time. There could be a lot of distractions here if you wanted mm-hmm. to seek them out. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, that that you got to have. I mean, again, I, you yeah. you have to be super driven yeah. to do like the schedule you're talking about. Yeah, I'm on a whole different mission right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about anything else except for July 2019. I talked with Andrew Heaney, and we had a really good conversation like last August, and he was telling me about when he went through his Tommy John surgery, and what it took for him. And he had, like, a specific date in mind. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to be back. This is the day they told me I am getting back. I'm doing everything I can. I'm going to make sure that if I have a setback, we fix it so early to where you can get back by that day. And he he didn't pitch that day that he was supposed to be back, but he was with the team and pitched two days later. Yeah. That when he was explaining to me the amount of commitment it took to stick to that schedule, I was blown away. Yeah. I didn't get it. Yeah, you got to. I mean, from a fan's perspective, for sure. You have like when you see, oh, he's on the DL. Okay, well, great. Well, we'll yeah. wait until you're back. Exactly. People don't see the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff. I exactly. mean, did you have a similar experience, or do you kind of have a similar thought to that? Like, okay, this is the day I got to be back.
2: Um. Yeah, and that started. Okay, I, that started the second I found out I was getting surgery i found out i came in sat down with our guys and they told me i that i had to get tommy john and i asked the first question i asked was how long i'd like all right when can i be back they said like 12 to 18 months and then i was just like okay so 14 sounds good let's say yeah. 14 and i'll be back next july and that's where we were at right now and we're, we're gonna stay on that schedule and um we put for we put 14 months on just because like you know like I'd rather be safe than sorry. A lot of people, I mean, I've heard people come back in twelve or whatever, but I don't care about all of that. Like I'm me, and I think I, I think fourteen months is going to be just enough time for me to get my mind, my body right, and be able to come back and be stronger than I was before.
1: Because I mean, to have that goal and to have that kind of perspective, I mean that's important. And every competitor wants to be out doing their thing, right? Because sure. it must be. I, I I can't I can't put myself into your shoes, but I would imagine that it's a tough thing when you're just sitting there and you're seeing all these guys and as many pitchers have come through this organization and as many different guys were closing out games for the Angels this last year I mean and you're sitting in your seat in the clubhouse in the dugout being like man I wish I could help but you can't
2: yeah I mean it's honestly one of the worst feelings I've ever had um just sitting there even like before I got surgery sitting there and like at the games and watching the games it was just like god i'm gonna miss this for a long time i mean and i just sit in the dugout and like i mean like just like we were talking about at the beginning the fans yeah. the people like that that type of stuff you can't like they, you can't make that type of stuff up it's like that feeling you get when you're out on the mound like in the ninth inning like it just gives me the chills just sitting here thinking about it it's, it's what i want to do so for me to be uh, not be able to out be out there helping my teammates and like locking it and securing down securing the bag like i like to say um I don't know. It's, it's heartbreaking, but, I mean, it, that, you talk about what drives me, and there you go. Like, there's part of that right there. It's missing the game.
1: What's it like when you get that final out and you and you win a game? And I, I hear it because I got my headset on. I hear Terry Smith say, you know, you can put another halo over this oh, one. Yeah, What's it like yeah. to put a halo over it?
2: I mean, it is something else to actually look up and, and just, like, see the fireworks and, like, it, the, the halo lit up. I mean, it's just something else, like... In the minor leagues, you talk about it. Like in the minor leagues, we had one guy that was our closer on our team, but he talked about light that baby up. So we made fun of him. We're like, yeah. bro, you're we're in Berlin tonight. What were you talking about? <laughs> and so, like, to be able on, to be actually on that stage and to actually do it, I, to be honest, never pictured it. Like when I was 18 years old, never pictured playing on a major league baseball field. Now that I'm here, I just love it. I just, I just take it and uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything.
1: When did you start to think that? playing in the big leagues could be a realistic goal for you? When did it start, When did it first start to seem real?
2: I mean, I like I said earlier, I would tell my friends, like, I'm learning the game, I'm, I'm getting better when I was in the minor leagues, but I knew that I wasn't good enough to play in the big leagues. Um, 2016, I talked about we mo- uh, Billy's first year yeah. moved me into the bullpen, and three weeks into the season, I was not throwing 93 anymore, I was throwing 96, 97. Yeah. And... I went from high A to double A and I spent a month in double A where I only gave up one run and I'm p- pitching against guys like Cody Bellinger and Alex Verdugo and just like a lot of prospects in that league and I only gave up one run the whole month and my pitching coach pulled me aside and he was just like the stu-, like I got called up to triple A and he was just like the stuff that you did here is like unheard of like you don't s- you don't see a guy come do stuff like that like you did and I was pitching back to back to back nights stuff like that and he's just like, and then at one point they said we want to start throwing you out there two innings at a time. And I just just kept doing it, like you said. Yeah. Like I just like I told you, I adapted and I just did it. Like, and they love that. And he said the, the things you've done, like nobody's ever done that before, and you're a special kind of guy. And that's when I realized, all right, if I go full bore into this, like we can make this happen.
1: How does life change when you go from being a minor league baseball player to being a prospect? And that you are a guy that that now the now all eyes are on you. People, I I didn't know you, I didn't know of you until that time, and when you started throwing ninety seven, all of a sudden I knew exactly (laughs) Exactly. who you were. Right? I didn't know who you were before that. So how's your life changing that time?
2: I mean, you just, I mean, that that right there is like when I started learning a lot, just how. I just needed to. Uh, I mean, about how I needed to carry myself, everything, because I was like, I'm goofy now. You should have seen me. I couldn't even. You couldn't take me anywhere. I was way goofier then. And I just learned like I have to be. I have to be like professional. And you know, like at, at that point when I was in Double A two, I started doing all the things I do with the fans, all the kids camps and stuff like that. And I realized how much these kid, like how much the fans or how much the parents love this type of stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I'm bought into this. I'm just gonna be. A good person. I'm gonna be a good role model, and I'm just gonna push myself to be the best player that I can be, and that's just what I did.
1: We, we've talked about your time that you've spent with fans. I, I, I have to ask you about Fergus, your boy <laughs> Fergus. That was here that first year you were up, and then he started following you guys on the road. And next oh, yeah. thing you know, this I, I'm seeing him on Fox Sports. He's in a radio booth, like he's all over the place. Dude. And you guys, like you guys are boys now. Like how'd yes. that happen? Fergus,
2: <laughs> Fergus is my man. Okay, so. Me and Park, me and P. Brid, Park breadwell yeah. used to hang out in right field every day. And we look up, and Fergus would be up there hanging out in right field. And we're like, hey, man. He's like, oh, I'm from Hong Kong. We're like, oh, cool. Then we go to Cleveland. For, we're at seven-game homestand. And we go to Cleveland, and he's standing up there again. <laughs> like, oh, hey, Parker. Hey, Key," And we're like, what are you doing here? Like, aren't you supposed to go back to Hong Kong? Oh, no, I'm coming to Toronto after this, too. And so we're like, Okay, alright we'll, we'll see you in Toronto And the kid shows up in Toronto And we're like What the heck And so game yeah. two I don't really even come out Usually till later in the game And so I come out And our bullpen coach is like Guess what's behind Curtain number three In the bullpen And I'm just like what is it and he slides the cur- curtain open and it's fergus <laughs> they let him come hang out with us in the bullpen for a night um and, and, i mean awesome. and the, the kid is just cool as heck and he was telling us like that he was staying in a in airbnb and like eating mcdonald's every day so like me i was just like let's go out to dinner so we went out to dinner and i learned so much about this kid he's funny like he's hilarious like yeah. there's like i don't even need to watch a comedian this kid can just make me laugh with <laughs> the things that he says and like yeah that kid is cool as heck
1: that's really cool i mean to have it major league baseball players don't have those kind of relationships (laughs) i I would imagine like there are probably some people that are like oh dude you really shouldn't get that close to fans? you shouldn't be talking but like but you kind of i mean you're as real as they come when you're talking to people and you 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 know you're a guy and they made a friend and this guy's a good dude it just seems like
2: he's a 17 year old kid that came from hong kong to watch us play baseball so i was like i'm gonna take care of this kid any way i can like if he loves us that much. His favorite player is Tyler Skaggs. And I was just trying to get him for him to be, or for for me to be his favorite yeah. player. That's all I was trying to do. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, well, no, he's just a really cool kid.
1: That's man. really funny. I, are you going to rock a new number this year?
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, coming back with 99. 99 w- where Where's
1: 99. Does that come from?
2: Uh, I mean, nine's just kind of whack to me. I just kind of right. got handed to me, I feel like. And so, like. My first, like I asked people last year, when do you think they'll let me change my number? And they're like, you just gotta put in your time, Rook, yeah. and stuff like that. And so I just, I don't know, I just feel like I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna be with this team for a while. So I mean, I was just like, hey, I want to change my number. I want to be here for a while. So I want to change my number, and I want that to be my identity. It's so, 99.
1: so 99 is 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 there meaning to that? Is that just you just think it, it's cool? It I is mean, cool. Nobody. No, I mean, I don't know if there's any other ninety nines. Yeah.
2: It, it's cool. <laughs> no, it's just like you know. It's like one of those things, man. It's just like that. That is what I think looks good on my back. I close my eyes and I think like ninety nine will look good on my back. Hearing, hearing it from the booth like will sound.
1: I know any Angels fan that is listening to this here and hearing you say, "I hope I'm here for, I want to be here for yeah. a long time." That's exciting because th- I mean, continuity is hard to find, especially in this day and age in baseball. And to find a place that you want to be, I mean, the fact that you're living here and you're working out every day, and this is this is what you want. Like, I think that's kind of rare in yeah. base. Like, what, what 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 attracts you to this organization and being here and wanting to be a part of it?
2: Just the, the the fact that I mean, if you talk like if we just talk about I'm just gonna say this like right here when we when we hired osmus the other day, he's talking about he needed to grow as a manager, like we all need to grow, nobody's ever gonna if we just stay where we're at, we're never gonna get any better, so I mean everybody here is bought into the fact that we need to get better and we're all a family, and we're gonna do it together, so I mean this whole process I've never been alone in one step my my physical therapist sean johnson has been with me every step of the way and he's he's the man and though that comes from guys like billy hey take care of our guy you know what i'm saying like this is just a big i don't know it's a big family it's not even an organization it's a family
1: is that why you're voting brad osmus for president exactly i saw that you guys get
2: out there and vote. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was just—I mean, they were just like, "Could you be at the press conference at one?" I said, "Yes, I will be there with my sign." That's awesome. JC didn't want a sign, but if you guys want signs, just let me know. Okay, shoot me a DM on Twitter. I'll make you a handwritten sign.
1: You get back to everybody on Twitter. Oh yeah, you're really—you're really, I, you're oh, really yeah. good about it. Yeah, I mean, because like, let's be honest.
2: We're all on our phones. When I'm on my phone, I'm on Twitter. And if I see it pop up, I'm going to (laughs) reply. I
1: don't care. Well, there there you go. You can go. What's it? Since 93 Key? key. Yeah.
2: Since 93 Key. Yeah. All right. On Instagram, Major Key. You guys know where to find him. Oh, yeah.
1: I, I mean, anybody listening to this podcast, I, I'm probably I, 95% probably already follow you.
2: I mean, I hope on so. I hope so. Yeah, and Instagram. Some might like that. me, some might not, but it's okay. You're still following. <laughs>
1: hey, Kenan, thanks for coming in here. This is really cool no, thanks uh, for having to, me, to get a chance to talk with you like this. And, and, and man, I'm really excited to see what you're going to do. In uh, in July and hopefully I'm following you to some minor league rehab games before that because oh, I want yeah. I want to see you I want to see you on the ma- I want to see that hundred miles an hour again <laughs> with, with that nasty change that you were just starting to throw that's, that's, oh, yeah. that fires me up dude oh
2: we'll be back we'll be back for sure and I and I hope you I hope to be out there soon all
1: right man thanks Key thanks for having me then. How great's Keenan Middleton? I mean, he came here and he was real and he's honest. And it's not like this is the only time he's ever been like that. That That's who Keenan Middleton is. And I'm glad you guys got a chance uh, to get to know him a little bit better uh, just by hearing that interview. And, and I, re- I mean it when I say I'm really looking forward to seeing him back in July. He was such an important piece at the start of last season for this Angels Club and at the end of the 2017 season. I think that there is, rightfully so, high hopes for Keenan Middleton. And uh, hopefully he can come back and be uh, a legitimate legitimate force in the back end of the Angels bullpen. All right, also on the show, we had a chance to talk with Dennis Cool, the chairman of Angels Baseball. He also came by the studio to talk about some fun things that are happening around Orange County that you can be a part of. We are excited to have the chairman of Angels Baseball, Dennis Cool, joining us now. And Dennis, I know that you got to talk about this hot stove dinner that's going on because there is lots of fun being had. I know that the season never stops for you. You guys are always working. There's always something going on.
0: Well, you know, Trent, uh, the hot stove uh, league is one of the Is beloved by the baseball players. It's bas- loved by fans alike. I mean, one thing about baseball, it's year round, like you said. And it proves to me... When you talk about a sport all year round, it's got to be the best sport ever. You and I both agree baseball is just the greatest. Um, we put on a little dinner, or I should say a big dinner of about 50 people every year over the Cannery Restaurant, thanks to uh, Mr. Ron Salisbury. Uh, it's been a tradition now for quite a few years. We've had guest speakers. I mean, Nolan Ryan's been there. Reggie Jackson's been there. Um, we've had Doug Sensei, We've had already even stopped by and talked one time. Darren Erstad. Pete Rose. I got to meet Pete Rose. Uh, Tory Hunter. Mike Witt. Rod Carew. It's a uh, it's a little get together of about fifty guests per uh, per dinner. Uh, it's real intimate. Uh, you get to talk to the guests. You get to meet some really really interesting baseball people. Uh, this year uh, is really really uh, a great lineup. Um, we got uh, Joe Madden's coming on twelve wow. six. Uh, we got Dusty Baker coming on one eight, and we've got Ron Farley, which uh, might keep some USC people happy. Um, <laughs> But it it is really fun. I, I mean, I've had a, a great time putting this together, and the money that we raise goes to the uh, Angel Baseball Foundation, and in turn, we uh, uh, take some of that money and give it to the uh, Compton Baseball Academy. Uh, so the money all goes to good use. It's, it's a non-profit, non-for-profit dinner. Uh, food's great. If you've ever been to the cannery, the food is outstanding. Um, what I like about it is the intimacy you know you have 50 people just sitting there and they're all baseball fans and some of the stuff that comes up is just unbelievable right, so so,
1: so not only are you getting great food at the cannery you're hanging out right there at the bay in Newport great spot to be and you're getting a chance to interact with these guys like what are the conversations like what are some of the things that you know you've heard I know you've had a a wide array of guests that have stopped by the hot stove dinner but it just seems like that's a really cool way to get to know these guys and just learn a lot about the game
0: well it's interesting because uh, each one is different um, and you hear different stories but the baseball stories are great Um, you know the night we had Pete Rose there was unbelievable I mean I got to sit next to him and, and he says I will answer any question that you want as long as it's about baseball the guy is mr baseball as far as i'm concerned uh uh unbelievable nolan ryan was another outstanding event which we sold out immediately um when you hear some of the things um they ask him like who was who hit a bit uh, who who was the hardest guy to get out he goes no one <laughs> you know they're funny guys mike witt was there one night he had some great stories um uh, I, I, I could just go on and on with some of these guys. Tory Hunter, I mean, Mr. Personality, uh, you know, they, again, who was the hardest guy to hit? Who was, uh, who, who did you like to bat against? You know, Rod Carew, um, the best thing I heard when I said, I even asked a question. I said, Rod, what was your style? Did you, um, Look for the curveball. Did you look for the fastball? He goes, No, Dennis, it was sea uh, ball, hit <laughs> ball. And, uh, so he, he, he's just a, and some of the stories, we've had Mike Sosha there, you know, so we were able to give him a hard time. Uh, Darren <laughs> Erstad, uh, Troy Percival was great, you yeah. know. These were guys that, that, really really love the sport they played baseball because they loved the sport uh at these days they, they nobody ever talked about contracts and never talked about free agency they talked about their experiences uh that they've had for uh, throughout their careers and some of these guys tom Seaver, you know um he was there he was great and tim salmon i, I mean i could go on and on and this year's lineup um is, uh, without a doubt, uh, one of the best we've ever had. I'm really looking forward to hearing jo- what Joe Madden yeah, has to say. I am too. And, uh, Dusty Baker, you know, Dusty Baker's managed a lot of different teams. Um, what's it like? Uh, and these guys get real intimate and, and they tell it like it is. It's, and one guy that told it like it is was Troy Percival, let me yeah. say. <laughs> but it's, it's just, it, just keeps us going. Um, Jane Levy is going to be our first speaker. She was the ru- um, uh, the one that wrote a few books about baseball with uh, about Sandy Koufax and Mickey Mantle. So um, I'm really looking forward to her insight of where did you get this information Yeah,
1: what, what made you write these books. That's, that's going to be awesome. I have a lot of questions for Dusty Baker about the 2002 World Series. I'm sure he's probably is <laughs> not going to want to answer any of them. Uh, I, and I think that Joe Madden, boy, what an interesting guest. I mean, not just his connection with the Angels but to win that first World Series for the cubs and 108 years and all that i mean this is going to be lots of fun and and another thing too it's one thing when we can like talk on the radio with these guys and we can share that with all the listeners out there it's another for some of those listeners to be able to go and ask some of their own questions and get to meet them in person so how can somebody go about getting tickets to this what what has to happen to how do you get an invite to the best party uh in southern california well
0: you just uh get a hold of uh the cannery uh, and tell them you want to be, uh, want to sign up for the Hot Stove League and they will get you all the information. But it's, uh, it's filling up fast. Um, next week's our first one. So, uh, um, you know, you get there. There's like a little, uh, intimate, uh, get together before the speaker speaks and, uh, you, you'll meet, you'll meet some guys that you'll, that'll become friends. it's like a family now with me and, uh, I really, really look forward to it. I can't wait because, um, you know, nothing better than being in a, in Newport Beach, uh, overlooking the, yeah. the water and having, and talking baseball. And I mean, it's intimate. It's yeah. small. When you have 50 people in the food, uh, Ron does a different um, menu every time. Uh, it includes cocktails. Uh, which always gets the questions going. Uh, so we kind of um, we become kind of a cult over there, and it's it's been a lot of fun. And um, you know we're looking forward to it.
1: That's going to be an absolute blast, Dennis. Before we let you go here, off season going all right for you? I know that we you, you got your manager Brad Osmus is here and just filling out a lot of other roles and responsibilities. I know that this is a, this is a really big off season for this yeah, organization.
0: You know people always say to you, what do you do during the off season? Where are you going? Where are you going on vacation? Uh, the off season for us is the bills. Is the busiest because that's when we have to renew our sponsorships, renew our uh, ticket sales, do all of our capital work around the stadium. Uh, It sure keeps John Carpino very, very, very busy. (laughs) That'll keep him out of trouble. Uh, The offseason, I mean, having Brad Osmus was, uh, I just think, great. I mean, I've got to talk to him. He is a very, very bright individual. He uh, is—he loves baseball. You could just tell by what the way he talks and the way he looks and uh, looks at the game. Uh, And he was here with a year under under Billy, and he got to observe. And that's what he did—he observed. And and, uh, I think he's ready. I think he's really ready. I think he wants it. Um, We've got some gaps to fill. Uh, and I think that Billy and him uh, and Billy's crew, which are one of the best in baseball, in my opinion, um, will will make it happen. They will make it happen. And I think we are going to be very, very competitive next year.
1: Looking forward to that. Dennis, as always, thanks for coming by the studio. It's good to catch up. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at the cannery for some uh, hot stove dinners.
0: I hope so. Right. Talk to you later, buddy.
1: So there you go. The chairman of Angels Baseball, Dennis Cool, in the house with us here for the Angels Recap Podcast and the Halo's Hot Stove Show on Angels Radio AM 830. That's going to just about do it for us. I want to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Google Play, iTunes, however you get your podcast. Of course, another way you can maybe find this podcast regularly, go to angels.com slash podcast. Be sure to listen to the show on Angels Radio AM 830 KLAA. Uh, A lot of the show is on this podcast, but not the whole thing, so I encourage you to check that out. The next time we're on the air is going to be on November the 8th. That's going to be a 9 o'clock show, and of course, we'll have the podcast available uh, for you as well. Again, listen on AM 830, check out the podcast, lots of ways for you to stay informed on everything that's happening uh, regarding this Angels team, a really busy offseason that's just getting started. I'm looking forward to breaking it all down and keep having more of those longer-form interviews like we had with Keenan Middleton and also get a chance to hear from some Angels executives and get to know uh, the news right from the source. That's what I'm all about. You'll see a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of chatter. We're going to talk to people that are actually making those decisions. We're going to have them on this show for you and I am pumped about that. So thanks again for listening. and looking forward to talking to you on November the 8th and maybe seeing you at Pachanga, at Kelsey's Sports Bar and Grill, uh, at Pachanga in Temecula, coming up on November 13th. All right, I'm Trent Rush. Take care, everybody. Okay, picture this
0: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road